0: In a world where heresy blankets the airways, that blanket just got a little bit thicker. Three ministers, one who uses big words to hide his heresy, another who holds hands with Joel Osteen and rubs the back of Puffalo Dollar, and a third who thinks crack cocaine should be sold to children like rock candy as long as it's legal try to shed the darkness of confused Baptist theology, and put the fun back into dysfunctional.
1: Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma.
2: Brought to you this week by the League of Mayhem. Welcome in to episode 54 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Verbage.
1: I am Chase, Captain Crunchy Thompson. Nice to have you, Chase. I like your shirt. Oh, thank you. It's not nearly as cool as your shirt, which is a official Gospel Friends shirt. Yes, it is, because we got the t-shirts in this week. And I've had the pleasure of looking at you in one of those shirts, looking at Jacob in one of those shirts on both the Twitter and the Hall of Dogma. Well... And you know what I don't own? A shirt? I don't own a shirt. Well, if you Nobody would, brought me a shirt. If you would pay for them like I did, you would be able to get a shirt. How many times do I have to tell you? I was the first to pay. I paid like a week before you did. Well, I don't even know if you paid yet, I know freeloader. I, I knew where to get the shirt, so I'm sorry that you didn't. It's because you work at the same place as Nuclear Nick. Where, where is Nick anyway? But well, Anyway. Well,
2: as you heard from the uh, intro, the uh, Gospel Friends have been hacked. Um, I don't know if you know about this, but uh, we I wasn't were, paying
1: attention. Well, OK,
2: well, we were contacted this week by a man who claims to be our new arch enemy over uh, actually yeah. voicemail and Twitter, uh, Dr. Ad Hominem. OK. And uh, so he uh, I had to go look up what that means. Do you know what that means? I do. OK. It means attacking people's character to try to win an argument, something yes. like that.
1: It is a logical fallacy, by the way.
2: OK. Well, this guy has contacted us. We don't know who he is. But he has claimed to um, be out to destroy us, and uh, so he apparently has uh, hacked
1: our intro. Is that, that a is big a deal problem. to you? Well, okay, so, so pulling back the veil a little bit, David and I do not handle much of the technical side of the Gospel Friends, even though I used to own a computer company, and David is a manager of IT. Yeah, something like um, that. But we don't really know what's going on. But no, I'm not sure Technically, that. so if we could get a hold of Nick, we could probably straighten out the hacked intro and... Well, there's a problem with that. What is
2: it? I actually think that Nick has been kidnapped by Dr. Ad Hominem.
1: Oh, come on. That's ridiculous.
2: No, well, it is ridiculous, but I apparently he had. That's the only explanation as I have tried to do some investigating. Um, it is, and it makes sense. He would, number one, go after the most volatile among us. Yeah. And number two, the, um, the easiest
1: to kidnap. <laughs> you said number. Well, that, yeah, is, that is true, that, that Nick might be the easiest to kidnap, although he does. He's strapped, is he not? I th- actually
2: thought I would be the easiest to kidnap because I'm the lightest among us. I thought you two, you know, Butterballs would be the uh, the last to go, but that's uh, apparently not the case.
1: That's really funny there, David. A little, a little body shaming to go with uh, your Christian podcast there. Well here's here's what i before you get too angry
2: we Uh can't fight among us here's what i suggest we do i suggest we since nick has been kidnapped we we pause and we go get back up
1: well that is i guess a good plan because we can't just do the show you and i Uh, are you familiar wrestling wise with uh, the term squash match yes okay call me fat again and we're gonna have (laughs) one of those okay we'll be right back all right press pause all right we're back all right, so
2: we uh, we did what uh, gospel friends uh plan J. J yes. calls for us to do when under attack. Yeah. Uh we we needed a well-armed general and so we went and found one.
1: Yeah, it took us 8 hours, but uh, to the listener fortunately, it's just going to sound like yeah, eight so or it's 10 all seconds. So.
3: so, welcome in, General. Hello. I'm here and ready for uh ready for duty. Okay, are you uh well-armed? As always. All right. So, now you don't
2: you did not appear to be all that amused by the um, the uh, antics of one doctor at hominem.
3: No, I am not amused, and I suggest... I know you guys are Christian gentlemen, but I suggest we handle this like we used to handle this in the old days. Okay, what's that? Find out who his mom is and go shoot her house up. Okay. (laughs) That will flush him out.
2: Okay. Um, Well... I guess that uh, you are the general, and you're in you're, you're in charge at the moment. So I guess that's what we will have to do. Look, if there's
1: any solution, that's the gospel friend solution. Shooting somebody's mom's house up sounds like the best. That sounds miss hominem, like yes. if you're listening. Duck. Yeah, we're coming for you. Have you ever shot a house up, Jace? You know, it's funny. It's funny you should ask that question because when Captain Crunchy was a was a mere. Uh, private first class, crunchy, about fourteen years old. Yeah. I lived in the uh, gritty streets of Cahaba Heights, uh, just outside of Mountain Brook, Alabama, and uh, this we were made. You know, we called it the Main Streets. This was a really the Main uh, Streets difficult.
2: of Mountain
3: Brook. It's a, it's a <laughs> look, rough part <hard> town.
1: <laughs> don't let those manicured lawns fool you. <laughs> hey, look, yeah. I mean, seven out of ten of my friends are in jail. Uh, three out of ten of them have uh, not made it into childhood. But I I, I can't go into that. I will get a little bit emotional. Um, But there was a house in the woods nearby us, an abandoned house, or at least so I thought it was abandoned. So one day I thought it would be a fun idea to grab up my high-powered Daisy uh, air rifle and go pretend to be a sniper. So I did, and I shot out eight of the windows in that abandoned house. Well, about 5 o'clock that evening, I found out that it was not an abandoned house (laughs) when the lady who lived there came storming up our driveway in uh, a bit of a fury, because some of the na- one of the neighborhood kids had apparently shot her windows out.
2: Did your dad take your uh, allowance for the week? Uh, Keep that thousand dollars and
1: well, my dad's a lawyer, so let's just say some <laughs> some fancy <laughs> legal footwork ensued. <laughs> and I think I came away with the beating, and uh, I know, I'm I'm not sure what else happened, but it, there was some shenanigans for sure.
2: Well, I, I like this uh, what we're doing here, General. Uh, what was the what's the worst thing you ever did that you didn't get called for?
1: I can't talk about it. Oh, well,
2: <laughs> is it worse than what Chase did? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll share mine. In the uh, in the fourth grade, I actually got a C on a uh, on a, a report card in math. I don't know if the Statue of limitations has ran out on that or not. you, uh,
3: you won't contact the authorities. I'm pretty really. sure they're still on your permanent record. They used to threaten us with. Yeah. Uh. Well, I probably oh, yeah. maybe maybe it's too much sharing. I get threatened with that permanent record stuff. <laughs> like this is oh, going to yeah, go absolutely.
2: on your permanent record. This is going to go on your permanent. That permanent record has followed me many places.
3: Yeah. Kept me out of many jobs because I got <laughs> detention once in third grade. Have you ever been kicked, convicted of a felony? No. <laughs> Have you ever gotten a C in fourth grade math? Yeah, yes. That's, that's on it's on this <laughs>
2: permanent record. I'm sorry.
3: I'm sorry. We won't be requiring your
1: services. All
2: right, well, before uh, we how completely...
1: How oh, many sorry. times have you guys been in the back of a police car because you were arrested before age nine? Anybody? Before age yeah, nine? Yeah, before age nine. <laughs> not me, not before okay. age nine. How many
2: times have you been in the back
1: of a police car? Uh, Not that many. You, you, three? three? Three, that's pretty good. pretty good. I had two before 13. Really? Yeah, one for shoplifting at age eight and one for playing with a makeshift... Flamethrower in a burned out house at age 12. What What was you and. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Chase Thompson. There what, you go. What were
2: you. Thug life. Thug <laughs> life. Did, Wait, you were playing with a flamethrower in a burned out house? Yeah, well, it
1: was a makeshift flamethrower. Uh, uh, was the house paint. burned out because you no, were no, playing with no. no. a. and <laughs> <in> a, <hash laughs> <in> a lighter <laughs> flamethrower? Yes, well, there it was. It was, uh, uh, it was that. paint. was paint. Spray normal. paint. Oh, and even better. And I was, uh-huh. uh, you know, I was burning parts of the house, but it had been burned down for a couple of weeks
2: or months. All right, let's. Let's, before we completely lose control here, let's tell everybody what we got on tap for tonight. Uh, we are going to be finishing, actually, not finishing, but continuing uh, from last week. We had to nix the, on episode 53, the discussion of um, the situation at the Village Church, Matt Chandler's church.
1: So we're going to deal with that tonight. We're going to be talking about church covenants. As serious and focused as we are, I'm actually a little surprised we didn't manage to get to that story last Yeah,
2: week. I, I, something happened when we got derailed. Technical difficulties. Yeah.
1: Uh, Which is not very unlike us, but uh,
2: we're talking about church covenants. Mm. Uh, Is there such a thing as elder overreach? What is the role of church discipline today? All of those factors uh, coming together in the uh, Village Church story, so we'll cover that. We also have another serial review this week, uh, a serial not sent in by anyone, but suggested, I believe. Yes, suggested in the HOD. Suggested in HOD, so we're going to be doing a serial review. Uh, What were you thinking tonight? Uh, And I also believe we have a game,
1: Chase? We do have a game, the Super Villain Quiz, which, hey, is kind of uh, apropos, considering the recent uh, rumblings of, what was his name? Uh, Dr. Attaware. Dr. Attaware. Hey, real quick, before... All you need is a... Oh, wait. It wasn't Dr. Adaware. it? Was, oh, was it? it? No. Ad-, ad hominem. There it is. Okay.
2: Now, before, before we move to the first topic, because we do have a, a topic being driven by the, uh, the Hall of Dogma here, but before we do that, if, if he contacts us... Wanting a ransom for Nick, how how much should we pay?
1: All right, we we got we got some holy crap cereal here. We've got some crapola. All right, so he's also apparently hacked Siri. Dude, I'm getting slightly <laughs> more impressed with this guy by by every step. He's took taken Nick from us. He's hacked your phone. So so Maybe Nick's worth. Pay attention.
2: Nick Nick is worth a bag of holy crap cereal. Oh yeah, and crapola. No, no, no. That crapola is good.
1: It is decent. All right, let's
2: give him the. Let's give him the um,
1: holy crap. And uh, well, we're considering again, how about oatmeal cream pie? We'll, we'll pull, ugh, <laughs> Give him all of those. But pulling back the veil a little bit, considering the struggles that you and I had getting this show off the ground, technically speaking, maybe we could throw in a few dollars there too.
2: Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point, since we couldn't figure out how to uh, actually hear ourselves. Yeah, that was a problem. Without Nick. Okay, uh, first question, guys. The first topic tonight, we're going to have a, a discussion from the Hall of Dogma. The Hall of Dogma is our Facebook group, which you can get to by going to hallofdogma.com. If you're not a member, you can ask, and we will let you in. However, if you try to sell us Ray-Bans at 1 a.m. on Saturday night, we will boot Boom. your butt straight Ouch. out of the H-O-D. Yes. Sorry, Kathy Smith. <laughs> That's fine.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Kathy Fox. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Her first name was Kathy, and you know she was smiling and happy, and I gave her the boot. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, well, was, she was uh, a spammer. I've seen it the was, I've uh,
3: seen the people try to sell the Ray bans Yeah, this, yeah. You know. yeah.
2: So, uh, but uh, everybody else, if you're not trying to sell us anything, we'd love for you to be in the Hall of Dogma. Great discussion there. Uh, so, Hall of Dogma dot com. Chris Studod
3: from the UK. Actually. If you sell essential oils, we'd love for you to come <laughs> to the Hall of Dogma because <laughs> because we, we really want to buy some.
2: Yes, we 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 absolutely peppermint, so
1: lavender.
3: Just for the record,
2: there's so, several so.
1: people in the Hall of Dogma that you boys know and love that sell essential oils. Actually, like I know, I'm just, we need to get
2: some peace <laughs> and calming for Doctor Ed Homan. We can isn't? get Nick back.
3: To get calm, you got to put it on your is it your big toe. You put the oil on your big toe. <laughs> All right, That's cool. <laughs> I'm not making that
1: up. We're gonna have to shoot up a lot of moms' houses this week to no make up for the show. <laughs>
3: I'm
2: gonna say this: my my we we do so the essential oil discussion took place in the hod this week, which is the joke here. Yeah, uh, right. and I, I control, we man. actually use essential oils in our home, but the one that that said that somebody gave them the oil and they said if you rub it clockwise on your belly, it's for constipation, and if you rub it counterclockwise on your belly, it's for did that whatever, really happen? Whatever the opposite of constipation is. Um, diarrhea. Diarrhea, yeah. yes. <laughs> Well done. So that was a bit much. Um, but I, we are, you know, we, we use essential oils in our homes so, uh, and, and have no issue with that. But anyway, it was a fun discussion. Do you discussion. feel like they work? Uh, for some things, yes. And, and I would say effect. the same
1: thing. For for some things, they do actually seem to, uh, like Vicks Vapor Rub, we've had some success with that. I don't know if it's the smell or whatever. I don't
2: think it's placebo. I actually uh, think some of it. But how do you works. know it's not That's placebo? That's the problem. That's it's, the thing. It's very you difficult know. to know. Well. I don't. Hey, look, I know that for – anyway, let's not even get into that discussion. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do that another week. All right, so – Did you want to talk about the, the, I, a, the athlete that's a – No, no, no. Chris no, Studdard. Okay. Chris Studdard from the UK. <laughs> that looked interesting to me. Had a question. Well, we we, we have we, we could do an update on the Duggars. We could talk about Creflo. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of places that the go runaway the train could go. Anyway, is that family Chris, with a lot of kids? Chris Studdard. Uh, Chris Duttard, Chris Duttard from, from the, the United U- Kingdom. From the UK. Advice, please. He posted this in the Hall of Dogma. Essentially, uh, he's trying to work with uh, more Christians in his area. Um, some of the people who he feels like are, are pretty solid doctrinally, um, I guess, don't really want to get out from their surroundings and get out in the community and, and serve. Um, there is... At least one guy who uh, he knows who's very passionate and active in the area, wanting to get out, um, serve people. Uh, However, uh, Chris says doctrinally, the guy is not very solid. He actually says one of his favorite (laughs) authors was probably Rob Bell, Uh, just to kind of show us how doctrinally off – he is apparently. Oh, he also believes that God should be called a woman. Yes, he also, uh, yeah, the, which is a, a Which worries a big, me more than the Rob Bell. Thing. The Rob Bell thing. So uh, that's the question he asked, um, advice-wise. What would you do? Uh, work with a guy who, some might argue, believes a wrong gospel, but is passionate for the area and wants to change it and serve people, um, or try to light a fire under the rear ends of the guys who are a little bit more solid doctrinally but don't actually want to serve people, which is a little bit of a um, hypocrisy, perhaps. Both of those are just I'm not sure that you, you can be solid doctrinally and not... It, I'm not sure you can say someone solid doctrinally and, and they don't want to serve people. Or they don't want to gospel people. Yeah.
1: So, By uh, the way, he called those people uh, room-dwelling folk. Room-dwelling, yeah. Room which is funny.
2: Dwelling. Dwelling folk. So,
1: it's a British word.
2: I uh, really don't know it. What would you guys say? Partner with more liberals who want to get out and do active in the community or or save your partnerships for the doctrinally solid who don't listen to Rob Bell?
3: I guess they only read Piper. Well, first of all, I don't think anybody is is doctrinally solid. There's probably going to be very few people who I meet where our theology aligns 100%.
2: No, because not everybody Uh, you
3: meet is Reformed. No, no. And I wouldn't want to work with them anyway,
2: hey, we I killed that fly. We it's killed been the fly me the whole time at yeah.
3: hominem, you're next, yep, all right, go ahead, sorry so so I'm kind of when it comes to stuff like that, I'm kind of like, eh, it doesn't really matter, however, it depends on what you're doing if you're like I don't know what they mean by getting out in the community um if you're like feeding homeless people or something like that, then doctrine. Theology might not matter as much if you're like starting some kind of Sunday school class or something, you know. Then,
2: all right. So, it, a matter of whether or not maybe you're actually doing teaching.
3: Yeah, um, if you're if you're doing teaching, then it's going to matter, and it's going to be hard to work with somebody who thinks you should call God She.
2: Um. But what? So, what would you say if someone says, "Well, you"? All right. So, the unequally yoked. Card here, um, that the the New Testament teaching that you should not be unequally yoked. Light should not have anything to do with darkness.
3: I don't know that we know um, what unequally yoked means. Okay, like I think we usually we we talk, use it in marriage. Yes, that uh, you know, but it said don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, and this guy might be a believer. He just might be a. A a believer who has messed up theology Um, Because I mean I think you can be a believer And believe that God is a she Um, You just but That part of your doctrine is just bad What do you think Chase Can you be a believer and believe that God is a she Like you (laughs) You haven't
1: read much of your Bible Um, Having right theology On a particular matter Is not something that saves you. So I suppose it's possible to be a Christian and have a a a pretty erroneous viewpoint. Um, I, I recognize in the Old Testament, I'm sure you do, Emmanuel, that there are certain passages that indicate feminine qualities in God. Yeah. Uh, man was made, people were made in the image of God, male and female were made in the image of God. So there's definitely a female nature to God at the same time God is very clearly Old Testament and New Testament presented to us as a father and all male terms are used so I think if you're talking about God as a she you are talking about a God that's outside of the Bible and and not biblical and a creation of your own and you're not uh, not talking about the God who presented himself to us and
3: and I think people who do that Especially if they call themselves Christians, I'm not even sure they really believe it. But they're just so afraid of offending somebody, and they're so compassionate. Where, you know, there's there's, I don't know, if I'm not gonna say that. There's people in the hall who, like, ten years from now, they probably are gonna see God as a she because their theology is driven by their compassion and it's not driven by the truth. And once you go down that road of, well, I don't wanna, you know, I wanna ingratiate myself to Feminist or a certain kind of women groups or a certain kind of Christians, you you won't speak out on the truth because you just you know you, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Like it makes sense for a woman to say that. It makes no sense for a man to believe that God that, that God is a she, other than they're a, a man who's a feminist. All right, so the, which is all, a very misguided man in my book. But ultimately, we're we're asking what is the it,
2: should there be a test before you partner with someone in ministry uh and yes. and what is that you know what is that if so um what does the test look like and so you're you're you seem to be kind of driving toward what are we partnering
3: for? So if we're yeah.
2: partnering to maybe plant a church or teach yeah. Sunday school, then I'm not
3: planning a church with that guy.
2: You're, you're, looking for solid doctrine, but if we're giving out sandwiches to the homeless, yeah, keep
1: your mouth shut and hand them the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> that's Don't. essentially, yeah. You know, All right, Chase, what, 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 do you what think? Tony Vance said in the hall of dogma, the director said, sharing Christ, you have to have an orthodox view, a biblical view, sharing food or clothing or any good work, Not so important. I I would agree with that. I I will tell you this. um, You know, I I absolutely agree. You're not going to do you're not going to do gospel based ministry or discipleship with somebody who who is uh, way off biblically. I don't know that you're going to do it with somebody who is uh, a room dweller either, just content to sit on their hands, has no heart or passion for the gospel. That I'm I'm a little bit more hopeful that the Rob Bell guy could actually be brought around to biblical theology than I am that some of the room dwellers who have no interest in sharing Christ could be brought around to being gospel-based people. There's a lot of people with good, pristine theology, or at least they think they have good, pristine theology, that have no heart for the things of Christ, and that is distressing, and it doesn't seem to change a lot.
2: Do do you – either one of you guys think that – I wanted to go out of context here, but – Um, Luke 9, where Jesus' disciples came and said, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to prevent him because he does not follow along with us. And Jesus said to him, do not hinder him, for he who is not against you is for you. Does that play in here? What was happening in that context? Does that play into this discussion? You know, possibly. I I guess, I mean, in a way, were they saying, well, he doesn't, he doesn't follow along with us, so he's not a part of this group, and so only our group... That's how I kind of took it. ...should be casting out demons.
1: Oh, that's, that's a difficult passage, because there's a, yeah. there's another... There's a parallel uh, where where Jesus seems to say the opposite thing, and so I, I would say that sometimes there there is a very real sense that those who are not clearly with Jesus are against him, and at other times, and I, I'm not just trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth, it is possible... For somebody to not be a part of a particular disciple group and yet to be following Jesus nonetheless. Um, I think of you know uh, some denominations that, that would be different in theology and action but still um, – I don't know, For say for instance a good Presbyterian and a good Baptist, not in the same boat but both serving Christ. Uh, I think for some of this for me probably goes back to the discussion we had a couple of episodes ago
2: about what is – what issues are worthy of breaking fellowship over. So uh, because in my view, if, if there's a brother and sister in Christ who I can fellowship with, then I, I can serve with them. If, if there's an issue that is worth breaking fellowship over, which we defined in that episode as what, um, taking communion with alongside – what was our definition we used? Do you remember? I don't. Okay. Uh, Joshua Dean gave a gave a definition of fellowship in the Hall of Dogma. I, I believe it was uh, joining with in worship and communion. Uh, we would be willing to do that. That was fellowship. And what was worthy of, you know, what issues were um, warranting you breaking fellowship. But it would go along those lines for me. So if if, if you know, because if you say, I'm not going to partner with someone who doesn't have the same doctrine I do, well, what doctrine are you talking about? Are you talking about, you know, Reformed versus Arminian? Are you talking about, um, you know, they deny the authority of the Bible? Are you talking about different modes of baptism? So, you know, would you partner with another church that they believe in infant baptism where you believe in immersion? So at some point you have to yeah, define see, those lines. See I'm very
3: narrow on that. Yeah, I am, If do you believe uh, In the incarnation, Jesus's uh, divinity and his humanity, do you believe in his death and his bodily resurrection? Like, those are, like, core things. And if you believe those things, I probably could work with you. Granted, you're not annoying or something. Um, I'll let the you believe God is a she stuff go, I think, like, depending on what we're doing. Um, But, like, and I would also... Kind of make it clear up front Like look I don't agree with what you believe You know what I'm saying I wouldn't just Sweep it under the rug Like we'd have a conversation Like hey this partner But just know That I think you're wrong On this 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 About 90% of what you believe But the 10% you got right I'm cool with All right, Joshua Dean's definition Was
2: this I interpret breaking fellowship As I would not Or no longer Engage in any partnership In ministry Or even worship With the other party Due to concern That there might be Different gospels at play Uh, So for me, it would usually equate heresy. So in that discussion, he was saying um, breaking fellowship, he he listed as partnership in ministry or worship. I I added the communion, which wasn't a part of it. Um, So he he was saying, you know, and that was along the
3: lines, heresy equals breaking fellowship. But what is one of those Heresy is not always a false gospel. You can have some wrong teaching and it not be a false gospel and still be heresy. And and, my definition of the word heresy.
2: And in that case, so again, and you're saying yours is a pretty narrow definition. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to say, I'm only going to partner with people who have the same – Calling God she is heresy. But it's not like
1: I still work with you. I don't think I would break fellowship over someone because they like Rob Bell. But I wouldn't either. Here's the thing. i just reading and rereading Chris's post here. Uh, Look, I could work with anybody doing most anything. I could – uh, I could work with Creflo, you know. We're not going to play in a church. With would you Creflo. fly on his plane? Uh, I would. I don't look. I don't hate his <laughs> plane. Um, he didn't have it yet, but they they've recently announced a, a thing saying they're going to get it somehow, yeah. some way. They're going to do it. Um, I I could work with anybody. Chris is looking for a partner. He is looking for a yoke fellow. He, he Look, I, I can work with anybody because I have guys in my life that are close and tight. We don't agree with it on everything, but we're, we're passionate for the Word. We're passionate for Jesus. I, I've got partners. Chris, does, I, I'm just kind of reading in between the lines here. This is what Chris is looking for. And I don't think either one of these situations is what he's looking for. No. So I, I would say to Chris or anybody in this situation – Pray, seek God, take hold Mm. of heaven in Jesus' name, and find that partner with all your finding and with all your praying because there is somebody out there in Middlesbrough for you, Chris, that you could partner with, that that, that maybe wouldn't have perfect theology and wouldn't have perfect – uh, orthopraxy, practice uh, of the gospel, but there is somebody there that you could run with and partner with that would be uh, iron sharpening iron for you, and I, I would neither look for a partner amongst the room dwellers nor amongst the uh, Rob Bellites. And in that case, putting it that way, in that, so moving away from,
2: we're talking about going to you know serve sandwiches to the homeless with somebody. I'd do that with anybody. Finding someone to run with, I do think You have to find that person who you are at peace with their major doctrines. There's a difference there. I run with both of you guys in ministry, serve with both of you guys, love it. And not only love it, I get excited about it. We don't, all three of us, agree doctrinally on everything in terms of our views, although most of those things are somewhat nuanced. Mm -hmm. I say on the major items, we agree. And we're at peace with each other and with each other's beliefs and, and love to run with each other. So I would agree, Chase, with what you were saying. If you're looking for that yoke fellow, if you're looking for that person that you can run with in ministry, it's, it's probably not going to come from either one of these groups in this case. You've got to just keep pressing on until you find it. That's a different story than just making sandwiches. Chase, would
3: you partner with someone who uh, sat down in worship?
1: Mm. Ooh, now, if they sat down in worship and refused to pray out loud during uh, community That's prayer killer. time. Ooh, That's ooh, killer. Doesn't matter
2: what books are on their shelf. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a, all
2: right, Hey, what, all right, let That's me ask this question. This there. is different, but I okay. want to ask this. So, Chase, would you partner, your city comes and says, hey, there's, you know, we're... My city?
1: Yeah. It talks?
2: Okay. The uh, leaders of your city come, I see, I see. and they present to you an opportunity to... Help build a, I don't know, an a orphanage for kids okay. in the city. Yep. Um, and they are pulling together various religious groups. So you would be partnering with Muslims from the community. No. Um, I would not You didn't do even that. let me finish the I, sentence. I don't have to. So you would not do it. Nope. You, would, you would pull out. I would pull out. All right. Emmanuel, how about you?
3: Oh, that's a tough one. I, I I
1: think I'm going to say no. Really? Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm not going to put my hand to a pluralistic yeah. sort of uh, one world religion orphanage. Yeah, although I'm all for taking care of orphans. I didn't yeah.
2: say that they're run. The city's running it. I just meant you're building it. Would you partner? Yeah, with Yeah. I don't like pluralism. So if so, if you guys just volunteered for an organization somewhere, you would not volunteer with an organization that was not strictly a Christian organization because you realize you might have people from other. I religions. would be
3: okay with volunteering for it. A secular organization If other religious people were involved From different religions Yeah But if it's specifically hey, Like a like kumbaya a We're gonna We're gonna get all the religions together To support this Like Nah
1: I'm out yo Yeah Okay Yeah. Hey look We get food here at the Hall of Dogma Church From uh, United Way Which uh, is not a Christian organization In yeah, any and, way And, and they uh, They support Lots of horrible they, things They do <laughs> They do indeed and, and we pay for food Although it's I think it's such a good deal It's, it's it, You know But uh I, I've thought about that. I've worried about that a little bit, but I, I don't draw draw the line there, at least. All right.
2: Good discussion, guys. Uh, if you want to chime in on this discussion, uh, maybe you have some thoughts, uh, please send them to us. Maybe you'll put it on the air next week. You can reach us. If you're out on Twitter, you can contact us at MyGospelFriends on the Twitter or you can uh, email us at um, thegospelfriends at gmail.com. I believe that's right, isn't it? That's the, right. Thegospelfriends the at gmail.com. Gmail. Uh, or leave us a voicemail, 205-575-9735. Also, there is speakpipe.com, speakpipe forward slash thegospelfriends, I think. Nick's not here, so I'm not quite sure on that.
1: Uh, if it's The Gospel Friends or Gospel Friends Chase It is my dot com Slash The Gospel Friends
2: Awesome and that is for international listeners Who do not want to
3: uh, pony up The money to uh, leave us uh, voicemail
2: Which I didn't call. understand
3: why Why you guys didn't put The on the shirts It's just Gospel Friends well, we, And I thought The was part of the name And they were like well it's not part it of the is. name Well yeah, we, it's part of the we name, took the, part logo. Of the logo Basically the logo came off of The uh, the and, iTunes. And see, I wanted, never realized and that it wasn't on there. the logo, yeah. and I was like, I always thought it was the Gospel Friends, and I also thought the V would have added balance. But what do I know? Well, you know what? Um, it might. You know, you don't have a
2: shirt yet either. We're going to give you one, but um, I'll yeah, wear it, even though it's it. even though it's blue. I thought they were black. The, which would be a the lot cooler. saying on the back is your saying. I know. I mean, can we not make you
3: happy?
1: Well, we could have put I his just, name back. I there. just don't.
3: I just don't wear. I don't wear blue. You don't wear blue. Don't, well, I'm not gonna give you one. If you I don't wear I, it. We'll I give wrap, it to chase. I rep a different. Chase doesn't look. have one. Uh,
1: I love t-shirts. I just <laughs> stab you at <laughs> the end of the show. All
2: right, hey guys, we're gonna move into. Uh, we're gonna do a transition here. I can't do the transition sound like Nick does. Um, so
3: unfortunately, no, <laughs> you, no had the, you had the voice transition that you do with your, which uh, I thought was very good. Should I try it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Doo-doo. Doo-doo-doo-doo. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma. <laughs> How's that? I love it. <laughs> that just screamed professional. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's that's to you at piece of wombat on
3: Twitter. Big budget on this show. Big All right, so uh,
2: we're going to get into we, we, this is a little fun segment. Now we're going we're going to take a look at uh, what's happening in the world. Uh, we have a serial review and a game. Uh, so uh, let's do uh, one of our what were you thinking stories. We'll do our serial review and then see if we time if we have time for another what were you thinking before we do our. Uh, the game of the week. Uh, I want to get your uh, take on this, guys, and whether or not uh, this is um, – the title of this, uh, the subtitle of this is going to be, Are Women Too Picky?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds safe.
2: <laughs> so let me give you the uh, headline, and Failed McDonald's drive through Marriage Proposal Ends With Less Than Happy Meal. <laughs> uh, this is um, uh, out in California. So uh, what, what we've got, let me just give you the scenario. We've got a uh, guy and a girl here who have been dating for a couple of years. Uh, their very first date began uh, at a McDonald's, okay? And so throughout kind of the uh, – as they've been dating, uh, the, uh, the girl has always kind of joked that, well, you know, our relationship started at a McDonald's, so you'll probably end up proposing at a McDonald's. Uh-huh. So the guy, I don't like this is going. The guy, as he as he decides that it's time, his name is Michael. So Michael, as he as he figures, hey, you know, it's time to uh, ask her to marry me. He actually goes to the McDonald's that they originally went to, and he asks them if they will help him. And so his plan is they're going to come through the drive-through order food. He knows that she's going to order chicken McNuggets because that's what she always orders. And when she opens the chicken McNuggets the engagement ring will be sitting on top of the nuggets how old are these people um they are in their
3: 20s i'm okay. going to guess i was thinking they're 12 or something no i have never seen a woman enjoy chicken mcnuggets uh yeah <laughs> not one worth having anyway <laughs> all right so oh look hold on one just one, one just one i just need the opposite advice fellas if you're dating a young lady and she enjoys McDonald's chicken McNuggets. Dump her immediately. She is not wife material. Okay, that's uh,
2: advice from the general. A lot of wisdom there. A lot of, lot of wisdom. Okay, so so he goes to the drive through They order. Uh, they get their meals. Uh, by the way, he's got a hidden camera in the car because he's recording this so they can watch it with their grandkids later on or whatever. They pull away. She pulls the bag out of uh, the box out of the car, opens it up, and sure enough, right there on top is the engagement ring. And she initially says, this is a joke, right? And he and she's kind of laughing. And he says, no, will you marry me? And then she starts crying. And she essentially tells him, this is not how you do this. This, right. is, this, this is not what you do. You can't ask me to marry you with Chicken McNuggets. And so um, now they they are apparently still. She, so essentially, she didn't say no, but she just said this doesn't count. And they're continuing to date, but they have agreed to just wait a while before they get engaged. So, um, it, you know, are, are, is she being too picky? I mean, no, is it, she is not. This dude is a goober. So you, <laughs> run. <laughs> so you say she should just break it off
3: altogether. Look. I, I want to give him if, points if, for trying. If a man proposes to you at a football game, in a fast food restaurant, in the middle of a mall, run. Okay, so he is not deserving of your love.
2: See, I thought he's he, a goober. He should get points for trying. No, because he he went back to the original McDonald's they first started dating at. Thought it would be and 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 he he went through a lot of trouble. Do better. <laughs>
3: No. <laughs> Look, here's, here, here's all you need to know about women.
1: Okay, wait, hang on, let me get a pen. Okay, well, you got to write this down.
3: <laughs> okay. The secret I'm ready. Yep. to making a woman happy okay. is to make her friends jealous. Oh, huh. Huh. If, if, if your wife's friends are not jealous of her, you have failed as a man. Okay. Well, that's just interesting. When it? women get together and talk about their engagement stories. Yeah. And they're saying, you know, well, this guy, he rented a hot air balloon and this guy, he had a horse and carriage, which can go either way because horses stink. Or this guy, <laughs> he did this romantic gesture and she says, uh, yeah, he hit a ring in a box of McNuggets. She loses. She, she, She's the least loved woman in that group. And he may be a great guy. But don't let your woman be ashamed of your proposal. So,
2: Chase, do you think when uh, our wives get together, they compare stories about what we do around the house and for them?
1: You bet I do. Yeah, no, no, no.
2: I say when our wives get I together. Know. Are you there?
1: I am. I think that. Yes. Uh, I bet you bet. I think that. Do I you probably think- win. Yeah. If other women you are think not, they do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I- if other women are not
3: envying your wife, you yeah. have.
1: No, now they talk about what we do all the time i hear about it what do you think time. chase do you think this was a boneheaded move you know what I, i'm gonna halfway agree with emmanuel i i think the guy dodged a bullet and the lady dodged a bullet sounds like she's look this might be a sign from the almighty might might be sounds like she's a little too picky you know miss you don't. know that look, just look I, I don't like high
3: maintenance women as much as the next guy but this is the proposal <laughs> Uh, okay, so this is, this is, so this, this is, is a big deal. This it is, story, a big you're deal. going to be. My wife and I have told our proposal story hundreds of times by in the ten years we've been
1: together. You know, hundreds of times. It's a big deal. All right, so all right. Well, philosophically, I think I mean, we're a little too. We spend scads of money on weddings and, and making everybody feel special and all that kind of stuff. I, I just think they both dodgeable. I'll right. tell you who, who
2: ruined this. I'll tell you the, who I blame this on. You, you've talked in the uh, Hall of Dogma before, Emmanuel, about um, hating to see engagement photos, things yeah. like that. All right, this rash that we've seen the last couple of years of people who, who go through these big deals to do the engagement, uh, big engagement, um, and they they take videos of it and post it and everything. And I yes. think the yeah. days of just asking in a romantic, you know, restaurant or something. Just two of you are taking a stroll and asking. It's now. It seems like there's this pressure to come up one with of, yeah, scavengers. One on the shit. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of times deals. women
3: don't really like those.
2: Simple, wow. still. Simple That's what I'm saying. It's simple. This guy probably got caught up in.
3: I need to do something. The yeah, like a there's the deal. guy who he planned in, the whole engagement in, and wedding on Pinterest, yeah. and like the the woman didn't even know that she was getting married or something, and like all of a sudden. You know, he, so he was actually on Pinterest, looking around, looking at her stuff that she uh, liked, and he planned their wedding by looking at her likes on Pinterest. I just feel sorry for the guy. I mean, he went to all trouble going there. I don't feel sorry for him. Hey, at
2: how all. about he gave an engagement ring? Unless this wasn't very expensive, how about he gave this engagement ring to some fry cooks? And said and trusted them look, to actually put this on top of what if it, what if they look, had given it to the per- I mean how many times was McDonald's
3: put, screw in order if, up? if you put an engagement ring
1: <laughs> what if the person in, in
3: front of them had ordered chicken McNuggets
2: <laughs> look,
1: ah.
3: if you put an engagement ring in a box of McNuggets it's not that expensive
1: <laughs> that's, it's probably not a great probably not a great ring
3: yeah ah. I mean I even think rings and champagne that's kind of corny wings and rings and cake
1: that's corny. Just hand her the dang ring. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> By the way, I think it's uh, – I have a theory, All right. if, I, if I could have a minute to share it. Sure. I have a theory that, about this Dr. Ad hominem thing. I've been thinking about this a lot as to okay. who it might be. I think everybody assumes it's a, it's a male – yeah. I think it's possible that discussions like this and our lack of giving shout-outs to females on this show... Shout-out to Desiree Johnson. Exactly. We've done that once. We've never mentioned, say, Lucy Marskel or Dawn. Well, Hope, Lucy's kind of new. Or Debbie Atwood, for instance, who's been in there forever. She didn't post much. Allison Christ, Herschel's wife. Your, your, your Look, shout-outs. I take a,
2: I, when I take interest in... The women who join the Hall of Dogma, I get in trouble.
1: Look, stalking their Facebook is not enough. <laughs> uh, we we got to do more? We don't talk we go about to their house? These, these, these wonderful female <laughs> listeners nearly enough. And I think one of them has turned sour. <laughs> Every yeah. supervillain has you – know, It's not Desiree because she
2: left. Here's the problem. Well, it could oh, be Desiree. Maybe that could was. be no, the play. Here, here's
3: the problem. The women in the Hall are very clever and intelligent. This doctor ad hominem is not it's that not. clever. <laughs> okay. But he did not know it. Women are also usually more self aware than men are. It has to be a man. Okay. So it's, it's it uh, be. so not. The goober Emily level
2: Martin,
1: makes it not. makes it a man, not a female. Yeah. A did woman you, would be a Alexandria lot more sophisticated. Romano from Alaska. Could be her. I mean, you know, a lot of supervillains come from very cold places. Right. First of all,
2: I think that the problem with Desiree was the one shout out she got you said we were shouting her out because she was a female, and we don't shout out females very often.
3: It was a affirmative it was a little action affirmative
2: action, and, and she didn't care for it okay, too much. Well, I understand. And now just, she's gone. I struggle with. it. Did you, you see she
3: left? I did. I'm
2: I wonder gonna, is I'm she is she her. not listening to the podcast? She listens. She's yeah. well, she still to the podcast. She just okay. the hollers gone. Okay.
3: Was taking up a lot of time. Uh, uh, her, hey, cho- did you know Brett her children were going. Uh Brett,
2: Brett's going to be on the show at some yeah. point if things come together.
1: Yeah, well, he was supposed to be on last week. No, he was actually supposed oh, to be on this week. Uh, Brett who? Brett Conkle. Brett Conkle. He's, he works with Greg Kukul. I've met Greg. Yeah.
3: Don't know. Brett's his son. He was going to come on, but... Are they related? Uh, you don't see that name every... He, he
2: was going to come don't... on the show this week, but Nick wasn't here, and we didn't think it would go very well. And the fact that we couldn't figure out how to turn the soundboard on properly, probably, probably validates good, good our... Probably so good there. Yeah. All right, so we're, uh, we're going to do a serial review. Uh, this is our. If this is one of your first times listening to the uh, Gospel Friends podcast, we love cereal here, and so what we do is not lately though. No, not lately. Well, because we, we haven't gotten uh, a ton of great cereal lately. But uh, the uh, chocolate, the chocolate stuff was pretty good. And this right here, this uh, what is the this? Hershel crapola.
1: No, no uh, Crapola was not bad. Crapola was not Holy bad. Holy crap, was was legendarily bad. It is. It is horrible. Jacob Ali
2: who sent us the holy crap cereal. Do you think cereal. he was trying to kill us? He, he very well could have been. Okay.
1: Well, we're still alive. No I think way, we should
2: probably that ask that question. Why would Jacob Ali want to kill us? You can't that's kill the gospel
1: friends with cereal. Okay. Yeah. Know, that's not their weakness. You can't kill the gospel friends with cereal. Mark it down. Mark it down. Yeah. <laughs> so, Impervious to cereal, no matter how bad. We,
2: we, we like to do cereal reviews. If you send us cereal... We will do a review and give you a big shout out on the show. Yeah. Now this week we don't actually have cereal that someone sent us. We have cereal that someone suggested. So yes. Chase, uh, who suggested, suggested this Suggested
1: by uh, listener and friend Dwayne Tucker. Just okay. want y'all to know that Creplo would
3: never buy his own cereal to review.
1: <laughs> that, is, that is true. You that was be beneath sh- him. You should have
3: uh, beneath him. Should have sent out a post to the members of the hall. Everybody sends thirty cents. There you
1: go, thirty cents. <laughs> we could get some real cereal. Could get some real cause, cereal here. Milk
2: is uh, milk's expensive too. So, what is the cereal we're about to review
1: here? We are reviewing a very interesting cereal, in that it's banana flavor, and that is yep. not it's common among cereals. Banana but Nut but Brand may be the exception. Banana Nut Brand is one, uh, and there are a few others. Uh, but this is uh, the special edition Minions cereal banana berry flavor and it has a picture of three minions which are for whatever reason incredibly popular right now that's a funny movie but um i don't know why the minions are so popular those movies are that. great they, they are, are yeah, two great. of my favorite movies yeah me too ever. i'm more of a grew guy than the minions guy but hey you know yeah I each love Gru. his own. but I'm y'all see the
2: minions have their own movie coming out
1: yeah it's like a prequel to I'm sure the, my uh, kids would want to go see that they love them you would not not if Gru's not in it. I mean, I'll go with the kids. All right. I'm going to tell you right
2: now, I've only I've only taken two bites, but already this is the best cereal we've
3: reviewed. No, it's not. You, really? No. No? Here's the thing.
2: All right. You need to pour some holy crap cereal in your it's, bowl. It's, and gotten, it's
3: gotten soggy way too quick. I mean, I just poured the milk. It's already <laughs> – the, the cereal is already wilting under the pressure of dairy. All right, Chase. Of, of dairy. Chase is uh, Chase is eating right now, so he can give
2: us um, his um, what kind of mouthfeel.
1: That's some solid mouthfeel, <laughs> the, right the there.
2: Gifts. That's That's yeah. one of uh, Captain Crunchy's trademark.
1: Yeah, there um, you go. Well, well, listen. If you're familiar with the mouthfeel of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, then you're familiar with the mouthfeel of Minions, because yeah. this is Cinnamon Toast Crunch,
3: and they just added a slight it's berry really flavor
1: to it, which,
3: which is not bad, but it feels. Uh unnecessary. Okay. It's like an Adam Sandler movie. I could see. it yeah. is
2: getting soggy kinda of quick.
3: It does. It, all right. And I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Actually I like the old cinnamon toast crunch before they before revamped. the reformulation. It was yeah. one of, it was one of my favorite. It was a five spoon cereal all mm-hmm. day long. It's probably a four now because it
1: gets soggy too quick. Very very rarely does a cereal reform formulation help it. The Monster Cereals are my all-time worst. Boo Berry and Frankenberry used to be amazing cereals, and they're decent now. Mm. Cocoa Krispies, on the other hand, they had a recent reformulation that made it better.
3: Mm. All right. The problem with berry is this. Either you go all berry or you don't. You can't have a hint of berry. It just doesn't work. This is definitely a hint. I don't taste banana at all. I wish you had – I taste
2: the banana. It's there. I wish you had brought another bowl in so we could give the General some holy crap cereal and
3: let him try it. That would have been fun. I've seen the picture. No thanks. All
2: right. So let's go – so how we do the cereal reviews here. It's a five-spoon scale. Um, And uh, this is, by the way, the only podcast that I know of that would do this. And certainly even if other podcasts are are doing cereal reviews, they're not going to give you – the um the mouth feel of the cereal, the way Captain Crunchy will. So um, I'll I'll go first. I'm gonna tell you guys, I like it. Uh, the the bigger problem, biggest problem I have is that it went soggy really quick. I taste the banana, I taste the berries. That is a good tasting cereal. Reverend Verbage is going four spoons on that cereal right there.
3: Let's go over to the general. I gotta go three. Crunchiness is very important to it's me. It's a big deal to you. Yeah, I won't eat. I won't eat a cereal that gets soggy that quick. So if you if you don't if you can't hold your own against milk, uh, you're not worth my time. I'm going to give it a three because it tastes good, but the mouthfeel is uh, lacking. All right, over to Chase. We've got a uh, four spoon and
2: a
1: three spoon. Chase, what are, what are you doing here on Minions cereal? This this is a solid cereal in my book. Um, Emmanuel's right; it, it gets soft too fast. But basically, this is a twist on cinnamon toast crunch. I like cinnamon toast crunch. It's probably top five cereal for me. See, I don't like cinnamon toast. I uh, love cinnamon toast no, crunch. It's I don't like, a good I don't like cinnamon though. Not it's as great, great as it used to be, but I don't like cinnamon. Good cereal, good flavoring. I thought the banana might be a little off-putting uh, in cereal, although I, I, I do taste like the banana. My,
3: it's not strong my My palate may not be as sophisticated as yours. well I, I, you I'm going the master.
1: I'm going to give it four spoons. I would not go shoot up the house of the mother of the person that invented this cereal. By so, the way, if
3: you're not. one of those weirdos who lets your cereal it's like soak milk to get soggy. Stop it!
2: Stop it! Stop! I can't help but notice the general is um, one of those freaks that actually drinks the uh, milk out of the bowl when he's done. Yes, Look. it's ridiculous not to cereal. milk So my is one milk of the great right there is my milk you know just sitting there doing what it is It has to, served its purpose.
3: <laughs> it wet the cereal. I am for going me. to amend my review, three point five stars because the the cereal <laughs> the milk the cereal Pretty milk good. was excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it
2: was There's good. Nothing worse than three point five. Nothing worse than lukewarm. Sweet
1: cereal. Oh, it's the best. I don't know why you didn't get kidnapped. It's just just silly. Always take the good one, huh? That
2: right there (laughs) there is good good for going down the drain. That's what it is. All right. uh, Thank you for uh, the uh, suggestion on the cereal. If you have a cereal you would like for us to review, you can suggest it. Even better than that send it to us because oh, yeah. that will not cost us money
1: yes so, and, and we you, want to save our money for we do you know, important things it's like getting yeah, t-shirts exactly that's
2: what I spent my money on
1: uh, that doesn't always work out sorry, I, no, I also spent my
2: money on that but I am t-shirt less if you have a cereal you would like to mail to us contact us at thegospelfriends at gmail.com we'll give you the address uh, we have to be kind of careful about giving out our location now that we have enemies I wonder if that's how they got Nick now, hey uh, we got a
1: cereal for you. you want to meet us outside that could have been. Dang.
2: I hope he's all right. Okay. But we can't worry about that now because no. now the time is... It's time to play the game. All right, Chase, bring us in. What is the uh, game this week?
1: All right, this is the supervillain game. I thought it was uh, appropriate given the, the current atmosphere in the Hall of Dogma. I, I just, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I have no idea how this game is going to go. I don't know your relative level of how much you guys know about supervillains. So you could guess these incredibly quickly, and it'll be kind of a boring game. Or you could miss all of them, and it will also be kind of a boring game. But uh, I'm hoping it'll be somewhere in between. Okay. So here we go. Um you get one guess until the other person has a guess. We're going to start out. I'm going to – I've got ten questions here. I'm going to describe a supervillain in three clues. You can get one guess per clue uh, as long as the other person gets a guess. Uh, if whoever gets it first gets the point. Does that make sense? No, but let's play. We'll we'll just figure it out as okay. we go. Clue I'll number one. I always lose
2: anyway, so – You might win this Have, one. You, wait, you've never been defeated, right? On, on Gospel Friends. It was a tie. Uh, Nick let me off the hook with a okay. with a double or nothing question. So going. no no losses, so but uh, you have that uh, undefeated. kissing my sister thing going that's on. Asterisk. on the, okay. All right. The, this super villain
1: was a terrorist. Wait, did we just guess? Did yes. we just buzz in? You get one guess. Okay, all right. Until the other person guesses, then you can guess again. Okay. All right. This villain was a terrorist who was the primary enemy of a security guard named David. And by the way, you can tell me the name of the villain or the movie or comic book or book or TV show that they were in. I'll take any of those. Um, Terrorist primary enemy of a security guard named David. Clue number two. This villain villain is a mutant of sorts possessed of the rare mutation known as osteogenesis imperfecta. Oh, I know this. Doc Oc. mm, Dr. Octopus is incorrect. Mm. It's a security guard thing that's thrown yeah, me off. because that would be Spider-Man. Because I don't know who that is. Well, you, I can't guess again. I will give you a quote from gonna, said bad guy. It all makes sense. In a comic, you know how you can tell who the arch villains oh, going to be. This is uh, Mr. He, Glass. It is Mr. Glass. Very well done. He's he the exact from, opposite of the hero, and most times they're friends, like you and me. Ah, is that the Will? Smith I should have known way back when. You know why, David? Because of Samuel the kids. They called me Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. I
3: love that movie. I own that movie. It was a. Uh, that's when M. M. Night Shyamalan was a uh,
1: was a good director, just doing his thing. Yes one point. By or the way, more. that's one point for Emmanuel. Interestingly enough, Mr. Glass is a riff on the first supervillain who was uh, the first supervillain enemy of Superman who was a dude named Ultra-Humanite. He was designed to be the polar opposite of Superman. A Superman has superhuman strength, etc. Ultra Ultra-Humanite had a crippled body and a criminal mastermind. So up until the appearance of uh, the next supervillain, Ultra Humanite was the main villain of Superman that's, in the 1930s. Would not have known that. Yeah, there you go. Of course, I wasn't alive in the 30s, so well, that's probably why. Probably not. Okay, question number two. This supervillain debuted before World War II and was scheduled to be killed off during his premier appearance. His origins can be found in Victor Hugo's work, L'homme, L'homme qui rit, which I cannot translate for you. But Kiri. Red Skull, Red Skull was well, a good guess. He is date, He does date back to pre World War Two times. I wasn't listening. Oh dear! I was. I was in the hall talking is, about the Christian flag. That's dangerous. Here's a quote for you. <laughs> See, there were these two guys in a lunatic asylum, and one night, one night, they decide they don't like living in an asylum anymore. They decide they're going to escape. So, like, they get up onto the roof, and there, just across this narrow gap, they see the rooftops of the town stretching away in the moonlight, stretching away to freedom. Now, the first guy, he jumps right across with no problem, but his friend dares not make the leap. You see, you see, he's afraid of falling. So then the first guy has an idea. He says, Hey, I have my flashlight with me. I'll shine it across the gap between the buildings. You can walk along the beam and join me. But the second guy just shakes his head. He says, he says, what do you think I am crazy? You'll turn that light off when I'm halfway across. Who might say a quote like that? I can't guess. Cause
2: I've
3: already guessed wrong. Oh, you already guessed once. I going to pay attention.
2: Yes, you're not Joker.
3: Painted. The Joker
1: is correct. Are you That's serious? Two to nothing. Voiced what by. What made you guess that? Because I'm awesome. <sighs> he is awesome. That's the kind of thing the Joker would say. That, that exactly. quote number two.
3: I'm familiar with evil. Would
1: you have gotten it on this? <laughs> Voiced by no, Mark Hamill, Cesar Romero, and others, he de-handed Alfred Pennyworth, murdered Jason Todd, and paralyzed Barbara Gordon. Yeah, I would have got that, because okay. Barbara Gordon's the commissioner's. That's right. Uh, you, you don't know anything about evil, because you have Android. Oh No, I know evil. I hang around with reformed people. <laughs> Zing. Emmanuel knows evil is expensive. It is okay. Expensive. Third, sitting between two iPhones, we're gonna have to pick up the pace here. Emmanuel's up two to nothing. This armored supervillain is a polymath super genius that was born in Latveria and is often Doctor Doom. Re- Doctor Doom. David. Wow. I'm just gonna be over here playing with this hand grenade. Well, this one might help you out a little bit. Doctor Doom is three, correct. Nothing. The criminal genius and ruler of Latveria with the first name of Victor, Victor Von Doom, primary enemy of Fantastic Four. Three to nothing. Latveria gave it away. This criminal mastermind made his debut in 1992 and was called Terra Rising. Uh... Triple H. Triple H is correct. from, from wrestling. That's he right. Threw me off. From wrestling, he threw uh,
2: he, he got he threw in a wrestling
1: question. There. Some of his early yes. enemies included the heroes Alex Wright, Dumpster Droz, and Keith Cole.
2: I, that I is not, hilarious. Did, I knew it right away, but I just thought, is he is this a wrestling? Wrestler? I
3: had left wrestling by then. There are. I didn't like that era.
1: There are super villains. In I'm on the board. Genres. three to one. You're yeah. on the board. This next hero, this is uh, hero, no, uh supervillain, I mean, number five, with the first name of Alexander, this supervillain burst onto the scene in 1940, originally wearing a purple suit with bright orange hair. Mm. This particular villain would go on to become the president of the United States of America. You've made a mistake, blank, a big mistake, a potentially fatal mistake. I run this town, blank, metropolis belongs to me. The people are mine to nurture or destroy as Lex I Luther. see fit. Lex Luthor. Well right. done. So Is that the thing he ever had hair? He had, he, when he started. Wow. Orange hair. Okay. Purple that's what, suit. That's what threw me off. Yeah, yeah that's what threw it off too. Yeah. And when I say suit, I don't mean outfit. I mean he had a purple coat and tie type yeah, suit. Yeah, when he said okay. purple suit, I was thinking like Magneto –
2: well, see, I thought Joker with orange hair and purple suit, but... No, that Joker's, was Joker's just, hair is green. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Three to two. Hit myself in the head with something.
1: This immense warrior was known for his great girth and strength, as well as hurling spears and insults with equal aplomb. Goliath. Goliath is correct from Tel Asafi, Boom. a few miles outside Rally of Jerusalem. Caps.
3: I thought we were talking about supervillains. He is a supervillain. he's <laughs> not. And super? he said, "Come to me, and I will give you your flesh
1: to the birds got of the killed air." Killed by a teenager. And to the that's of what feels.
3: <laughs> uh,
2: that's that's how that's what Look, happens when you if, if you
3: get killed by a pebble, you're
1: not a supervillain.
2: When your enemy starts coming back, you have to um, you have to attack the character of there the game. Hey, wait <laughs> a minute. Hey, it's
1: hard to win a game when you're playing around on the internet. <laughs> so, Three to three, <laughs> and David cheated. He had got <laughs> three to three. three. David, this David? No,
2: no,
3: I just, uh, yeah. David oh, actually, no, I actually didn't know it. I'm listening. I, just, I didn't know. I didn't know the answer. Three to three. All right, like, this is a tough one because I just go automatically go to to comic books. And stuff I understand. Like, yeah, yeah, I see what we're doing now that
2: we've know. we've thrown in a wrestling and a Bible reference. Yeah, so yeah, everything's I got, I got on the table. Monorizing. Everything's on the
1: table. Among many languages, this supervillain speaks parcel tongue and is therefore a parcel mouth. <laughs> Now, there are th- hundreds of people listening to the podcast right now screaming the answer. This is probably some Harry How Potter can related can you guys stuff? not know this? Yeah. His name means one who defeats death. And here's his quote Surely you don't think I was going to keep my filthy muggle father's name No, I fashioned myself a new name This is Harry Potter A name I knew wizards everywhere would one day fear to speak When I became the greatest sorcerer in the world I don't watch Harry Potter stuff (laughs) Golgamel I'm going to go with uh, Chet Chet, Chet sounds like a very Chet. Chet, the former friend of the Hardy Boys, is a good guess. I'll give you a half point for that, but no. it is in fact Voldemort, Lord Voldemort, yeah, the enemy
3: work. of Harry Potter. I knew I, I knew a muggle was.
1: I, you I did a yeah,
2: muggle yep. was. I've I never. I've never. I, I don't. I don't yeah. do a Harry Potter. I'm saved.
1: All right, yeah. three to three. It's still three the to same three. Way. I
3: don't. I don't play with witchcraft.
1: This supervillain is the arch nemesis of Patriot Steve Rogers and is responsible for the death of Captain America. Boom! Wow. Down three to nothing. David has managed to score four times in a row. I was on the internet. Four to three. <laughs> Question number nine. Yeah. Be ready. This supervillain's first appearance was actually as clothing. Black clothing. What's that? Uh, Black Sibiot. clothing. Sibiot. Who was ultimately... I'll give it to you. I was I was looking for venom, venom but the alien symbiote is close enough. It's tied four to four. This last question, ball game. It all comes. It all comes down to this. What villain burst on the scene prior to the summer of 2015 oh God, with great good. flair and aplomb only to be quickly identified, apprehended, humiliated, lampooned, discombobulated, disestablished, Dr. Ad hominem. Yes! Yes! In your face, Dr. <laughs> Ad hominem. We are coming for you. I won. You I don't, didn't let me get I to won. defenestrated, which is my favorite of those I don't words. have Twitter, so I don't know. These, I, 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 I don't. won. <laughs> you beat Emmanuel. Wow. I'm I have sorry, handed Emmanuel. the general
2: his first loss, and that is my first win in the game in like But y'all know I don't, don't have Twitter. How, how would I know what Dr. Ad hominem <laughs> says? We've only been talking about him like the entire I,
3: episode. I've kind of avoided shagrin. those threads because it's stupid. <laughs> so, but I...
1: Like I don't have Twitter, so I hadn't seen what he says. And stuff. I kind of thought at this point in the game you would be way ahead of David, and you know that David would probably need a, a little hand there because David a, hadn't read a lot of comic books in his. I
2: day. haven't. The only thing that saved me in that game was that you went off the comic book spear, and yeah. uh, I thought and that it, would be the it, only. And it way took me for a while to for my brain
3: to even even start doing that because Triple H, I didn't know that one. I wouldn't have yeah, got terrorizing, that one. but uh, five All right. to four. We um.
2: Uh, we need to transition here. Hang on. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma. Okay,
1: so... <laughs> hey, you made a lot of squeaks <laughs> there a minute ago. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> puberty, All right, so we,
2: we, have, um, we have about half an hour here left in the podcast. We need to get to our main story. We've got about 20 minutes we can allocate to this. So Chase, bring us in up on the
1: uh, Matt Chandler Village Church uh, discussion. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, Over the last couple of months, a situation has developed in the marriage of uh, uh, a man named Jordan and a a lady named Karen who attend one of the village churches uh, that are overseen by a group of elders led by Matt Chandler. Uh, Essentially, what has happened is the male uh, was discovered having uh, some level of child pornography on his computer. I, you guys might know, I don't know much details on on what kind of child pornography I was either. discovered. I, I I've heard I several either. people say it was a, images of children being abused. Uh, that, is, that is certainly possible. My take is that's a bit of speculation. Um, I'm not sure that every person that might have something like that on their computer would be into that, be that as it may, this person, Jordan, was his name, and Karen, both you know, very involved Christian, uh, claimed to be Christian members of the village church. Uh, after this happened, the the man went through a, a lot of counseling. Um, supposedly repented of the sin, is doing better, but his wife Karen wanted an annulment the the elders of the village church stepped in and engaged in a level of church discipline with the woman, saying to her – she left the village church, but they said to her that she had signed a marriage – I mean, a, a, mini, a membership covenant that said that she could not leave as a member if she was under discipline. She was under discipline at the time for – trying to annul the marriage with a repentant husband. And so they have had communication with her, essentially saying to to her that she could not leave their church, could not leave their care. Now, I don't think they were trying to exert some sort of power to – uh, prevent that, but they did point out to her that she agreed not to do that in their membership covenant. Now, the story does have a different sort of resolution, but we'll, and, we'll, and we'll get to that in a moment. I want to ask you guys, I guess, for an initial take so far on the situation and to fill in any details that I left out.
2: Now, one one thing I believe is part of what I've read, and, and this story broke when I was actually uh, – we were out in the Midwest – on a uh, kind of business slash vacation trip, and so I, I had to catch up after we got back. My understanding is that the the uh, Jordan, the, the man in the story, submitted to counseling, yes. and and so he was um, quote unquote not put under church discipline. Although I, I mean he was, in that they they were you know sent home, uh, came home from the mission field, he was put in counseling, those kinds of things. But some some of the some of the criticism that I read involved the fact that she went under quote unquote church discipline while he's went into counseling. Yes. Uh, which I would probably call church discipline, the different things that happened with him. But um, uh, all right. So I, I understand the pushback on what's happening um, with, with this. And I think we should have a discussion in a moment about church covenants and whether or not, You know, those are necessary or needed. Or biblical. Or biblical. One – I have a slight – and this is not going to be popular among certain segments of people, I guess, but she did sign a paper saying she would do that. I mean, she said – She agreed. She agreed, like, up front. Now, I realize someone else will come along and say, well, she had no idea her husband was going to be called, you know, child pornography. And I don't want to come off as as really just being, you know, pro these elders and whatever they want to do. I just want to point out that they were trying to get her to do what she originally signed and said she would do.
3: I don't care. Okay.
2: You would be one of the segment of people who would not find what I just said very popular. <laughs>
3: Okay, here's what the covenant says, because I read the covenant. Okay, please do. And here's what I actually kind of highlight the parts. I will seek to preserve the gift of marriage and agree to walk through the steps of marriage reconciliation at the village church before pursuing divorce from my spouse. Okay. For the role of the church in the process of divorce, see Paul's concern. For the resolution of legal matters within the assembly of the church, which actually I think is a different argument. totally. But they're reformed, so they just make this up as they go along. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> Emmanuel Marsh, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Okay, so uh, let's not argue about the yet, about the covenant itself. I'm just asking. I know, but when she's signing this, what, what, what I'm saying is, when she's signing this, she's probably, and, and I know you shouldn't sign anything until you're clear on it, she's not thinking that she's going to need permission to get a divorce mm-hmm. from somebody who has a. a, a if it was if it was adultery, I, I'd say okay, you can work through some of that. Pedophilia is, and I know everybody's like, "Well, no, all sins are sins, and Jesus can do anything." Pedophilia is different; it's not the same. And you're speaking as a counselor. Yeah, it is different. Most counselors consider it the hardest thing to treat. Period. Okay. Even harder than treating a child molester, which there's, there's a difference between molesters and and pedophiles, by the way, um, but. It's different, and she doesn't need their permission.
2: Well, I don't, think they, I don't think they said she needed their permission. They, they, just, they acted like she did. They, they, the agreement was she would go through seeking reconciliation yeah. and counseling. I mean, she, I, I, my assumption is if she had went through that, got to the end of it, and just said, I can't be reconciled to him, Look, she would have no been woman is, to get the divorce. No
3: woman, not last name any, Duggar, is staying with somebody who's a pedophile. <laughs>
2: I, look, I, 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 I am actually not for the Church Covenant in in that term, but I, I am, I am pointing out they were trying to get her to do what she said she would do when she when she when she joined when she joined the church. Um, if she was just going to sign it
1: and not stick to it, she should have never signed it. Is is part of what I'm saying. Well, I think yeah. part of what Emmanuel is saying, it, it, it's intriguing to me. I've not had a lot of experience counseling uh, pedophiles, uh, essentially. Uh, I think there are many more of them out there than we would realize. In fact, just this week, my wife and I were checking out the number of uh, 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 sex offenders in our area uh, and within a five-mile radius of our home, it's scary. there was a lot, a, an awful lot. Um, there, the, and, and if you head towards uh, another part of our town, which borders the city we live in, the concentration of sexual offenders, like in a place like Centerpoint, is is remarkable. I mean, there are red dots everywhere. Yeah. Now, not all those sex sex offenders of are, are pedophiles or molesters. Exactly. Some of them are sexual assault. and yes.
3: Stuff like that. But
1: uh, but but it, it, there's a lot of people out there. A lot of people that are just mainly you know into uh, that kind of pornography and, and are never caught for it. So so here's a big issue. I think what you're saying, Emmanuel, is that. Uh, it is it is almost impossible for uh, a a pedophile to stop being a pedophile.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, now here's the thing: like they will, and this is not a, a podcast on the particulars of pedophilia, but pedophiles are usually between the ages of 16 and 35, and after 35, there's kind of a waning of the desire for, for uh, the attraction to children. Um. It kind of goes away uh, or lessens, but it's just yeah, it's just one of it's just a, a hard thing to treat for whatever reason. I'm not an expert. I've, I have counselor friends who who they work solely with people who have sexual
1: issues. But you do you mean you have legitimate master's degrees from secular secular yeah. institutions in the realm of social work and counseling, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got experience
3: not, with some of this yeah. stuff, and I've, I've but it is. I think they the church made a mistake when they treated this like it was just. I don't want to phrase it as a regular sin, uh, yeah. but it's different. It's different than pornography, than just plain old pornography. It's different than as far as the treatment of it. Well, th- th- that's my question. It's, for di- it's different you. than adultery. There is a, and especially of, of a woman. And I don't I don't remember if they have children or not. They, I believe they actually. I don't remember that either. Um.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they
3: had, but if they had kids or not. It, 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 like I would understand that a woman would not want to stay in that, you know. And I, and I don't even know as a as a minister. I don't even know if I would actually try to get them to reconcile. Well, okay, that, that, I think she's got enough. You know, Jesus says you can. You know, the Bible says you can get a divorce on on.
1: For sexual immorality, I think that falls under it. I don't think that just means adultery. Would you, um, if if this was a situation with straight up pornography, and Jordan was repentant, would you have the same problem? No. If, they, if it was
3: just regular pornography, I would I would want them to try to reconcile. Okay, because um, because I know for a fact that you can that 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 that's treatable, that that is redeemable.
1: And probably affects what seventy percent of Christian marriages. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's going to be a lot of divorces if you just gonna, sure enough, you know. But this is just different.
2: Well, okay, so and, and I don't know, um, and I realize you
3: did sign something.
2: Well, you know. All right, I would, I would not, me, pastorally, automatically just say. You know, okay, yes, get the divorce. I think I would try for reconciliation. Although I'm, I'm, I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying that wouldn't be a long road or wouldn't be a hard road. Um, But I do think, and and I know you think this too. I mean, Christ can do anything and bring healing. Yep. And so, I, I think that's the road I would go down. I would at least, I would at least Um, vote for a separation. Oh yeah,
3: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and I'm talking about a physical
2: like. Look, I would do that in terms of someone coming who's being abused. I would never. Um, I, I gave a plea in a class that I was teaching a few weeks ago to, you know, uh, that was f- full of women, two or three of wh- whom I, th- I felt like might be in an abusive situation. Get out, get out of the situation, separate. I don't think there's anything in the Bible that speaks against that. There's a difference mm-hmm. there in immediately seeking a divorce or an annulment. Yeah. Now, so I wouldn't say that. I would say go to the separation, seek reconciliation. Uh, that that's that would be my bent. So, um, but again, I, I I hear what you're saying. I trust what you're saying from a professional standpoint that it's different. I would say. I imagine a lot of people in their situation would say, well, this is different, though. I know I signed this. I know I said. Yeah, but uh, – I, I know I – you're saying she can validly say it's different. I'm yeah. I'm simply just making a general statement. She signed the paper. She's made a really big deal about how she was treated. But all they were doing
3: was ask her, asking her to stick with what she originally said she would. And they should have had the wisdom and discernment enough to realize – this course of action is not the
1: right right course of action. Which essentially is what Matt Chandler ended up saying, right? Yeah, I think Chandler came back and wrote – Chandler and the elders, I should say um, – wrote what I think is very, very good, very vulnerable message to the church in this situation, uh, very nuanced, really, I think, owning some of the mistakes they made. Uh, essentially, they said, we are deeply – Sorry for failing you, the church, in this way and are taking steps to follow up the individuals we believe we've hurt so that we can apologize specifically and directly to them. We are also in the process of creating a new care uh, care and church discipline plan and hope to have it approved and in practice very soon. Uh, regardless of all that, we are trying to uh, we're trying to do it in this area. The most important point is that we recognize that we must never allow our processes and procedures to take precedence over people, specifically those we are called to love, care, protect, and sacrifice for as elders of the church. That is a good statement. I, I've I've tried to think as as have thought about this story, David. How would we at the Hall of Dogma Church handle a situation like this? It, it would be gut wrenching. It it would be hard. I, I I this is this is what my thought is. You guys might have different thoughts. If this was a, a family we knew and we knew loved Jesus and and loved each other prior to this this happening and that we had the sense that the spouse that was caught in this particular act um you know was repentant as best we could tell or at least showed that they were uh wanting to repent. Um I would I I would encourage the marriage to continue, but if the other spouse said, I can't live with this, we're not going to do it, can't happen, I would say okay. Yeah, I don't think uh, that would not have been something
2: I would have voted to have brought church discipline over. Yeah, I, absolutely I, not.
1: I, I think that that's tone deaf at best, and yeah, I, I don't egregious um, at worst.
2: Now, having said that, I'm not a fan of. At, at least at this juncture, I'm not a fan of church covenants and and holding people by threat of church discipline to those covenants. So if we were in that situation, I would have, I may use a little bit stronger language than what you did. I think you used the word encourage. I think I would have pleaded to seek reconciliation, let us help, walk through, um, you know, give Christ a chance here to bring healing. Um, even if it's physical separation is required, you know, let him you know, see what he can bring out of this, um, because I, I believe he's capable of that, and I b- believe, quite honestly, he'd bring much glory to him out of that. So I think I would have a plead there. But if if ultimately the she had said, "I'm, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it," you know, I, I don't know if her kids or you know, if there were kids involved or not. I, I would not have Salt Church discipline over that. Um, I, I so I don't think, I don't think that was the wisest choice for them. I don't think it was the wisest choice, in my opinion, to have the covenant in the first place. Um, although, I again, I still, you know, was was kind of, I don't want to say taking up for their right, but I I still understand what they they were trying to get her to fulfill what she originally said she would. But I, I see the point. They didn't use a lot of discernment there. They were they were going letter of the law. Yeah, they were going by the letter, and so you know uh, they're going by the letter. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting question to me about the covenant. So you know, I, I don't we don't we don't have one here. Uh, so the way that our membership works is uh, probably not how membership typically works probably not uh in in a church we try to gauge it i mean we believe gauge it biblically we believe in in church membership and a belonging um we don't believe in limiting you know people in, to serve only if they're members so in other words we've had people teaching classes before that aren't members i mean Emmanuel is as active you know <laughs> as anybody here in terms of ministry uh preaches here um you know, does the podcast. Has, it takes it, communion here. Takes communion though here. Though not a member. Um, has led here, you know, helped co-lead in, in a small group at times here. So and he's not a member.
1: What's we don't, the more egregious sin, by the way, in, in, in a communion-type scenario? Because I know that's a big deal with people. Is it more egregious to do, deny communion to a blood-washed follower of Jesus Christ? Or is it more egregious to allow... A non-Christian to take communion, and I, I, I'm, there's consequences for both. I'm just asking. Well, what's I think more if outrageous. you have, yeah,
2: if you have done your due diligence in in if you've done your due gil- diligence in explaining communion and what it's for and who should participate, I think it's more uh, it's more of an error to to deny a agree. Christian to be able to take it because I don't
3: think that's your place.
1: Yeah, I think we, you can we do. That. We do
3: open communion at, at my church,
2: but but we don't have we don't limit. You know things to just members, uh, what we do is is, is if, if there's a family who has been going here and they say, you know what, we want to be a member here, what we, what we have laid out in our bylaws is that by saying and signifying, I want to be a member in this church, you're doing a few things. One, you are saying, I'm going to invest here. Uh, now, we're not talking about money. As a matter of fact, we specifically, uh, we don't limit that to just money. Specifically, we have that laid out in our bylaws, that we're not just talking about money because some people don't have that. But we're saying you will invest of yourself in the other people, that that's the commitment you're making by being by joining with the fellowship, is that you're going to invest time, talent, treasure into the fellowship. And we are promising to do good back to you, thinking of the verse that says do good to all, especially those of the members of the household of faith. And there is a portion of that where – um well, that's essentially the, the church membership agreement. Now, we do believe in church discipline. I think in the seven years that – seven or eight years, Chase, that you and I have ministered together, there's been one instance of church um, discipline here. One public – yeah. I'm sorry, yes. One public instance of church discipline here, which is the one that stands out in my mind. But that's not something that we roll around. We do believe in that. It's not something we roll around doing all the time. Um, I don't think we necessarily have anything tied to, if you do this, this is church discipline. But we, we have it laid out that being a member, you would allow. Yes, you agree to. You that. agree to church discipline if the church sees that as necessary, but we just don't have it tied to yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't biblically know where we get the concept of a covenant. A, a church covenant for membership. And so that makes me really nervous to say to you know, kind of arbitrarily or even using biblical principles, come up with a covenant. If you are going to be a member here, you are coveting with the the people here and the church. I, I don't, I just don't, I don't know where you get that scripturally. It makes me really nervous. I'm not a fan of that because of it, and I'm certainly not a fan of creating something I don't really see in the New Testament, and then tying church discipline to all the parameters of the covenant
1: that can be that can be dangerous. I'd love to know your take on that, Emmanuel. Let'll say this real quick. Um yeah, we don't have covenants here, uh, but at the same time, I believe Hebrews 13:7. I believe Hebrews 13:17. I believe in leaders leading in the body of Christ. I even believe the word calls people in the church to submit to leaders in the body of Christ. That's Hebrews 13:17 right there. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. But you know what? If somebody comes to the Hall of Dogma Church or any other church and they say, "Hey, we're leaving," well, there is no authority I see in the Scripture for an elder or a leader to say, "Oh no, you're not leaving." <laughs> um, I mean, what are you? What are you going to do? Are you going to roll the tanks out? Did the, if you're leaving, well, okay then. Then, um, grace to you. You know. Yeah, and I and I read their—I
3: uh, don't even know what to call it—their reasoning for church covenant. I forgot what it said, but a lot of it was about culture, that culture has—you have to have a commitment, and every culture has commitment to certain ideals, and Christians are called to, you know, live together in community, and because of this—I mean, it's it's standard Reformed stuff where you— <laughs> don't see what you want in there and you make it up and then claim to uh, claim that it's biblical so you're not a big covenant guy church no
2: i'm not covenant. even i'm not
3: even a church membership guy oh really no at all so if you planted a church you would not have any kind of membership i don't know that i wouldn't have it i just don't know that i'd be dogmatic about it and try to make it seem like it's from the bible and quote that you know and 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 try to make it seem like People in Bibles were times where we're signing up and going to new memberships class, you know, and stuff. And you got to sign this document. Now, I've been members of churches, uh, you know, so I don't have a problem with pe- people becoming members of churches in as much as I have a problem with this idea that church membership is biblical.
2: Hmm. We, we, look, we don't have we, and, and we don't sign anything. Now I, um, no, but...
3: I But and that, it's and not to say that, you, that it's and I don't when I say it's not biblical, I don't mean that it's sinful either. New Testament gives us a lot of leeway. And I'm okay with that leeway, but just don't try to, like, force it down my throat that, you know.
2: That do, you, do you think church
3: discipline is valid? <laughs> yes. Um, as somebody who's been under church discipline, um, my pastor is my mentor. He has, he has the right to get into my life. Um, but I don't think this type of church discipline is valid. I think this it's like once she says she wants yeah. to leave, she's gone. You shouldn't be calling her weeks later saying we're putting you under <laughs> church discipline for leaving. Let yeah. me let me tell you the only scenario that I can think of off
2: off the top of my head where I'm thinking, you know, really egregious acts. Let's say that you had a church leader who I don't know had an affair with a you know church member or something. Sure. You try to put him under the church discipline, they just say, you they know live. what, I'm just out of here, yeah. and you hear they're down at a church, you know, on the other side of town or something. I probably pick up the phone and call the pastor Absolutely. of that church and let him know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to call that church discipline, I do, because not necessarily, hey, he won't submit to us, but out of, I think you need to know this situation, think he's running from it, and... Um, he he would not allow us to care for him, and so I'm making you aware of the situation. I, I can see myself doing that in that, in that particular situation. Now, a, a, a member of the of the church who just left because they were upset about the songs we were singing on Sunday morning, and they broke the church membership agreement, you know, they're gone. I'm not, I'm not chasing them down. I'm not, I have no power to be able to tell them to leave, not leave. I don't even think I have a power to be able to tell the other guy not to leave. But I think I have a responsibility to let the fellowship where he is going know the situation. That's that's my view. That's tough. I
3: don't. I don't like to snitch. That's how I was raised. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm calling up. Well, in the mean streets of Jasper, Alabama. But, But here's the thing: we didn't have. It's not my job to do the other churches' vetting for them. Like if you don't pray, and, and I know everybody doesn't believe this is possible, but if you don't pray and ask God about who should be in leadership at your church, then it, I don't know if it's my job to tell you. I, I agree with that part. I'm not.
2: I, I agree with that part, but I do think an elder is, you know, as Chase is mentioning the Hebrews thirteen passages, Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. Obey your spiritual leaders. Obey your leaders. Submit to them. They are keeping watch over your. Yeah. Souls. I'm not They're, God's ditch. I, see, I think in that situation, it would be bad for the soul of that person to be able to run away from the problem and just go somewhere else, and act like it never happened. And I would feel the responsibility to
1: now. And at I probably, least let them
2: know. I, I probably wouldn't follow him to the next four or five churches he went to, no. but I would go to that one. Um, I, I think. I think there's there, there's I don't know how to exact you know how, how to get all those verses in my mind clear. I do know the Bible says if you're going to be a teacher, if you're going to be a leader, you're going to be judged more strictly, and there is a sense in which you are watching over the souls of the people in your congregation uh, that is under your fellowship, and that's a, that's a big deal. And I don't know. That's my personal conviction is that I would need to do that.
3: So uh, but would, would you let them know that's how it works on the front end? So, okay, if you become an elder here and you leave for any – you know for reasons that we don't think are – That's a good question. Uh, I
2: would. I don't know that we have that written into our
3: because, documentation. Because right? if you don't have it on the front end, then I think – at least these guys, they did have the covenant kind of – laid So out. she kind of knew what she was getting into, but not to the extent that she was getting into it. But if you don't have that written in there to like, look, if you, if you leave and we don't like – and we don't think you left for – for the right reasons, we're going to follow
1: you to your next employer. And, you know, like I. Yeah, I'd go with the same thing David would. Uh, I, I would not do it. I don't know that we'd do it out of a vindictiveness or spite, but in a moral failure type situation. They go and grab a job from, you know, first Methodist, first Presbyterian or whatever.
2: And, and look, I think no, I, usually, I would even tell them what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, this you, is you a situation where I'm trying to reach out to them. I am trying to get them to to stay and and be a part of, you know, reconciliation, restoration. Um, but if they just refuse, I'm going to tell them, well, look, I, you know, if you're just going to try to run somewhere else, hey, I— you know, I'm gonna follow this up with a phone call to where you where you do go, uh, and let them know because I I you want deal you with this. I, I want you to deal with this. Yeah. Um. So church membership wise, I just think there's a belonging New Testament wise. There's there's, oh, a, there's a church discipl, discipline of setting someone out to set someone out. I think they have to be in. There's some sense of belonging yeah, there. Yeah.
3: That's uh, I, that's a shaky proof text. That's the one that's always used.
2: Which one do you use? <laughs> I don't use any. <laughs>
3: Because <laughs> it's not in there.
2: Well, look, it doesn't say membership. I'm just saying it's, there's a belonging.
3: Yeah, it, I, see, I agree I, with that. I don't that. care if
2: you call it membership. Don't call it. You don't have to call it membership. But this we, is how it we works. We don't call it membership people here. Say, we well, call joining with the fellowship. That's what we say, call well, it. People say, well,
3: if they're going to send somebody out from them, then that means they were of them in the first place to be a member, and so therefore there's membership. I'm like, no, just they're a member in the sense that they're a member of the group. But I'm talking about a formal membership. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's no. a bit of a stretch. That's yeah. a bit of a stretch. I agree with that. That's, that's uh, what I'm talking I'm just about. saying there's a belonging. That's what we call like, it I'm here. a member of my church. I didn't sign anything. We don't, yeah. And I my don't, pastor, don't do you know, he didn't encourage anybody to sign anything. I don't think
2: it's almost a cultural thing, maybe, that you sign something. Because we, we're used to signing contracts and things. Yeah, I would, not,
3: I would not join a church to ask me to sign anything.
2: Look, I, I I know for a fact, I know for a fact, there was a church in our city Um several years ago and I know this for a fact because I talked to some people I know it for a fact as as much as I can trust someone because I talked to some people who went through their new membership process and this is what I was told and that is that 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 the church as they were joining the church asked them to bring in tax records yeah that's no church that's a joke so they would have a A cruel they would be able to know as they coveted with the church covenanted with the church (laughs) whether or not they were truly tithing that, that was part of their covenant process. Mm. Is if you're going to join with the church, you promise to tithe, and you will show us that you're tithing with
3: proof. Yeah, yeah. that would probably really uh, sink my uh, my application for membership when I told them I didn't believe in tithing. Huh? Oh, can't worry. That
2: probably would have gotten you thrown out. Uh, we, we we've got to move on from the story, but I guess to kind of wrap up, um, you know, Chase from a in elder wise. Um. There's scripture, as we've already talked about. We're wat- you know, in some f- in some fashion an elder is watching over the souls of the congregation. There is um, you're going to be held at a stricter standard. The word even tells the people in the congregation submit to your leadership. I, I think there's it's th- that leadership should be teaching the word, which should make them. Easy to submit to because essentially you're just asking them to submit to the word. Um, it says, "Consider your leaders so that you could imitate them." An elder with all of that responsibility—how do you avoid overreach? How, how do you—I mean, how do you avoid overreaching in that call of looking over uh, the souls of
1: people in your church? Uh, you, you, that's a that's a bigger discussion than probably what we have time for, but I would say if you're an elder or church leader, you lead, you pastor, you teach, you do not control. When you step into the realm of control, you are out of where you're to be as a leader and a pastor in the church. You are not the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. He is. Uh, you are not in control. He is in control. And I think controlling elders are as dangerous as... Rebelling members, if not more so, control is a dangerous thing to grasp for as a leader. You yeah. want to control things, you cannot. You are not in control. You will not be in control to the degree that you are into control is trouble.
2: I to add to that, I would say you 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 know it's it's leadership by the word, not your own ideals, not your own thoughts, not what your preferences are. What you, I mean, be able to show. I believe scripturally, either here is, thus saith the Lord from the Bible, or the Bible doesn't speak to this, but but here is where I'm getting my principles for leadership. Uh, Here's is, here is how I'm deciding in this situation, so that, that people understand and know what you're doing, and it has the backing of the Word, because ultimately, we're called to obey God, we're called to follow His Word, not the words of a man. So, don't give them... The words of a man, uh, and and I think you should give those distinctives. There are many times where I try to say, "I don't know." You know, this is not of; mm-hmm. it's not necessarily of God. This is not a prophetic word. This is what I think is wisdom, and so I try to really separate what is I think black and white in Scripture and what is me just seeking wisdom and trying to give an answer to a gray area. Anything ad- additional yeah, you
3: would add? I was trying to find this because I read it earlier and I. It's just why Covenant Membership. It's, for, it's from uh, the Village Church's website. And, uh, and I'm not even trying to pick on the Village Church because I actually think it's probably a really good church. Um, but it just is an avenue for us to talk about some of these things. But the scripture they use, at least for this article, is 1 Corinthians twelve fourteen through 20, where it's talking about uh, we're all one body. Um, if we're all a single member, well, what would the body be? As it were, there are many parts, yet one body. And that's what they use for the start of this Y Covenant membership, which I don't even think that applies. But like I said, they're reformed. Um, where are the days of duty and promise, pledges and vows, oaths and formal agreements? Contemporary Western cultures are enthralled by choice and committed primarily to preserving the freedom to withdraw, move on, reconsider and negotiate. We are faithful to our spouses until fidelity is uncomfortable and inconvenient. We are loyal to our employers until we get a better offer. Ours is a culture committed to consumerism, and if Christians are not careful, even our churches will be nothing more than a semi-sanctified microcosm of the surrounding world. We attend when we want, are accountable to the degree we want, submit to whom we want and only when we want, and give only when it is convenient. We we're going through the motions and checking things off the list, but is this really what, and how the, and who the church was created to be, and I, and it goes on. But this gives you the, the the kind of, you know, partial kind of where they're coming from, on why to do it, and it, it's a very philosophical reason, and they and they go to some scriptures too that I don't think apply, but but that's just how they open
2: up and. I do at least respect when people give the scriptures so you can see where they're reaching their conclusions yeah, there so you are can figure out but it, whether or not you, would you agree got, with those conclusions. But you got to
3: get through like the philosophical stuff first. Yeah. And I read the scriptures and they were not they were not compelling. Doing it on I, I
2: thought they were taken out of context. Doing something like that on the basis of human philosophy or ideals I think is
3: shaky, 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 so. Yeah, so they use 1 Corinthians 12 the body is a metaphor um they use the fact that there are three verses that mention covenants between people. Samuel, I mean, uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel, where it's David and Jonathan. You know, they made a covenant. And I'm just like, that's kind of stretching it. Yeah, man. I think the, uh, that,
2: you know? a little stretch. Um, and applying it to church membership, I think is uh,
1: – I would so. say I agree with the idea that we're not committed enough to the body of Christ that we are in and that people live – leave the church with, with just terrible reasonings to avoid things that sometimes can be very good for them. I agree with that. We are consumeristic in our, our approach to church. At the same time, we do not have a scriptural remedy for that that we can stand on to hold people's feet to the fire. And, and uh, yeah, you know, in a sense, you kind of wish you did, but you don't. It's not in there. You and, just have to construct a straw man.
3: And, and one of the arguments, you know, one of the articles I read and one of my major arguments against this membership stuff is because it because there's no governmental and government that you can set up that is going to counteract human sin and our need to control and dominate people. And it said that church leaders told Hinckley that she should have consulted with them before filing an anul- annulment. And I'm like, she should have consulted you. Like, who are you? Okay. And, then, and from there, they're like, well, she signed the paper, so we have the right to do this. And they're missing out that this is a person. And then later on, it says that they sent out, the church sent out a letter saying that they were, the elders were releasing Hinckley from her membership. <laughs> <laughs> As if like, like she needs their permission and it's just, and I guess what they mean by that is they were going
2: to, you know, in in places where the churches will contact previous churches to try to get
3: a quote unquote clean. Yeah, but it's just the language were, of it <laughs> just tells you something is wrong. Yeah. We're releasing you from your membership. No, I released me when I left. <laughs> like, who do you think you are? And so, I read this quote along, and it was actually I screenshotted it because I liked it so much, and it this was like a couple of months ago, actually, but it's I think it's. Relevant by somebody named Burke Parsons. I don't even know who he is. Burke Parsons, yeah. but it says uh, biblical accountability. Accountability is first and foremost an arm around the shoulder, not a finger pointing in the face.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, I, I like and I, I like that view I, of of yeah. of a church discipline that shows, hey, we're trying to help you, um, not control you. And I think with this situation, they might have been trying to help her. But they were doing it in a controlling way.
1: Well, and that's dangerous.
2: We'll yeah. we'll, uh, we'll end here. Um, and, and this segment, please uh, contact us if you have feedback at my Gospel Friends on Twitter. Uh, send us an email: thegospelfriends at gmail dot com. We'll say I think we are in a world that is, you know, preaches individualism. We are by nature more individualistic, and you know, you can't tell me what to do and yada, yada. I I think there's a, there's a degree where we have to fight against that. I like you're describing accountability more around our arm around the shoulder, but accountability I think is there. Like it's, 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 there's a belonging to each other, a submission to one another that goes beyond what our nature wants. And I I just think we have to keep that in mind that our first instincts may be to flight and, 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 I think the Bible calls us to deeper submission to one another than we're comfortable with.
3: I would agree with that. And I think the problem, and this may be part of the problem, and we won't go into this, but this is a big church. It's over, over 6,000 members or something like that. I think if she had known, she probably did not even know these elders. 6,000 members. She probably has no idea who these people are who are trying to tell her what to do. I think it's different if you have a relationship with the elders, with with the, the ministers, the pastors of your church, because you might say, okay, they are actually trying to have my best interest at heart, and it's not that they're just trying to preserve their little covenant. Yeah. you know, They're loyal to me, not their covenant. Yeah. And I think that may be part of the problem. She may have very well knew the elders. I'm not sure, but I'm just – it's a guess.
1: It's hard to control a large amount of people, and I say that as somebody who respects Matt Chandler and Village Church great, a great deal. I'm not control over And controlling, but – I'd uh, control. Yeah, I'm not I'm saying received. they're controlling. It is hard to control, though, a yeah. great amount of people. And to the Reformed people, I was just joking. I'm just having a little fun. Emmanuel's
2: more Reformed than
3: he wants to I adopt. am heavily Reformed. He is. But I don't agree with how some positions are reached, that's all. There you go. Well, speaking
2: but, of uh, – I love John Calvin. Just, just thought I should say that. Non heavily reformed people. Uh, let's uh, before we get out of here.
1: Uh, w- <laughs> we have we, some listener feedback. Yeah, we have some listener. We have some listener. Oh, we have one that just came in. That's a voicemail or something. I haven't listened to it. I, I guess Nick can edit it if this is a problem. All right. Well, let's uh, um, let's uh, once you cue it up. Yeah.
0: Gospel friends, you have been too careless. You have allowed your identities to be known. The location of your layers also known. You should have seen this coming, but I am sure in your arrogance, you did not. Now, because of your incompetence, you will face my wrath. I am Dr. at Hominem. You claim to be friends of the Gospel, but I know better. I have listened and I have done my research. I know what nonsense it is that you spout. The fact that there is an Arminian editing your show is proof enough that you must be destroyed, but you even occasionally allow him to speak when red verbiage finally shuts up. The world will know the truth about the gospel, friends, the heresy that you are espousing. I have declared war. I am your nemesis, and I am recruiting others to my cause. I have also redone your intro. This is the honest version, based upon all that I have heard from you. In a world where heresy blankets the airways, that blanket just got a little bit thicker. Three ministers, one who uses big words to hide his heresy, another who holds hands with Joel Osteen and rubs the back of Puffalo Dollar, and a third who thinks crack cocaine should be sold to children like rock candy as long as it's legal. Try to shed the darkness of confused Baptist theology and put the fun back into dysfunctional. The truth will be made known to your listeners. I, Dr. and Inhaminim, will build my league of villains and destroy you. Be careful what packages you open and what cereal you eat. I am coming for you.
1: Wow, that was encouraging. Thank you so much. What, uh, what was his name? Um, doctor, doctor, Hominy, Like how many grits? Yeah, yeah, doctor, <laughs> Hominy.
2: So I mean, there's a few things there. I mean, I I, I do. Um, it does seem like um, Nick's a little bit into the uh, drug thing, and um, as long as it's legal. Yeah, I,
3: I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't but take... I
2: I will not rub another man's back. Creflo or no Creflo?
3: I don't take kindly to the the attacks on Nick. Let me just say that. Oh, okay, I'm just kidding.
1: Red, hang on a sec. Pause the recording. I'm gonna go check the door.
3: Okay, I'm really
2: not a. Uh, while we're off there, I really don't think Nick does drugs. I was just, I was just kidding.
1: All right, so I got, just got a package in. It's uh, a new cereal. Um, we've ev- already done a show review. Well, Should we do another one? I don't know. It's Avelio's. That's weird. Avelio's. Avelio's. Yeah, from Dre. Avellios. Dre. Do we know a Dre? Um, D-R-A? That's pronounced Dre, is it not? Do you know? no. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know a Dre. I don't, I don't know a Dre either. Avelia I'm gonna try is, some of this. You going to try
2: it? Mm-hmm. Are we all going to try it? Do we need some milk? Probably. This is two cereals in one show.
1: Well, got a tell, me when you need a,
2: tell me when you want me to turn the recorder back on.
1: Okay. Kind of almondy. Maybe. Maybe burnt almond. Wait. Mm. Bitter almonds? It is, it is a little... Chase, you okay? Mm, I'm going to have go to the bathroom.
2: You're pale. And and you're sweating more than normal. It's almost like you're preaching.
1: Hey, I'll be back. <laughs> Let me turn the recorder back on for a second.
2: Okay. Uh, are you sure you're all right? I'll okay. Well, I'll <laughs> He 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 needed one of those. you see how much he was sweating? Need one of those handkerchiefs like one of those TV preachers.
3: Bitter almonds. Never eat strange cereal. I hope he's okay.
2: All right, we're back. Uh, Just to uh, wrap up some listener feedback from the Twitter, Uh, we heard from Church Goober this week. Was this you? No, you're not on Twitter. Church Goober? No, I am not on Twitter. At Church Goober. In other news, the Gospel Friends looking at cereal through the lens of faith in Christ. (laughs) I don't really know if we – I don't know that we bring a lot of Christ-likeness to our cereal reviews but I like that line. That's a good line. But that's a pretty good line. Josh Laney at at Eternal Soul. Always kind of trip over that. I know that surprises people. Uh, Josh is the um, the guy from the um, up in the Seattle area, I think, um, who does the farming. But anyway, he said, man, you really guys rigged that shirt drawing. I'm really disappointed and offended. He's the guy that I think should have gotten the shirt. I
3: thought he should have got the shirt, so too. So you agreed with
2: me? Yeah, yeah, I
3: was actually kind of like. You know, I, I didn't.
2: Yeah. So we were giving away a shirt to you know, um, kind of one of the people who gave us a review for the week, and um, Josh gave us a really good five star review. Um, but the man who actually won the shirt, uh, who's a nice enough fella, but he didn't really give a review. He just asked for a shirt and put five stars down. So I kind of called foul, but yeah, Chase overruled me. So yeah, Chase was wrong on that issue, as in many others. <laughs> Uh, a non church member said, "Please, please, please listen to the latest episode of the Gospel Friends. So much awesomeness! We want to thank a non church member uh, for his uh, shout out there to us in the Twitter. And actually, he uh, um, he um, uh, was a recipient of a shirt as well. Um, we heard from Jordan Lawfer on." Twitter this week, who actually tweeted to Dr. Ad Hominem, how does a junior varsity villain recruit supervillains? The gospel friends don't have to recruit.
3: Good job, Jordan. (laughs) Jordan is actually starting trouble in the hall as we speak. Oh, really? Yep. Conversation about the Christian flag. Ah, is that getting a lot of... uh... Yeah, and there's a pledge that goes with it, which I did not know there's a pledge that goes with it.
2: So when my kids went to a Christian school... Uh, every morning, they would say the Pledge of Allegiance, and then they would say the
3: pledge to the Christian flag. Did you did you never go to Vacation Bible School? I went one time when I was four years old. Hated it, and my mother never sent me back. Okay, if you went, if you go to
2: a good Southern Baptist Vacation Bible School, you have to say the the, the pledge to the Christian flag
3: is okay. part of. it. See, the, I've never been in. I've visited Southern Baptist churches, but I've never. I didn't. I didn't know there was a pledge. Nathan Martin said that that he grew up doing it. I went to a Christian school, but it was not a. It was not. Southern Baptist. yeah. There's, so a, I didn't know there was a. I knew what the flag looked like. I pledge
2: allegiance to the Christian
3: flag and yeah, the Savior not, to which it stands. I'm not doing thing. that, and I'm not letting my children do that. <laughs> well, it's it's in there. Pledge your
2: allegiance to Christ. Do you, are you a fan of the? Well, I won't go there. I'll get you in a lot of trouble. Uh, Sean Francis, ad, adhesive wombat on Twitter said david's meanwhile at the hall of dogma transition bumper is soul crushingly bad please stop i can't take it anymore i love it Uh, i'm not sure if he was was my favorite part of the show i'm not sure if he's actually listened to uh this episode or not i was going to ask you if
3: you were a fan of the pledge of allegiance i don't uh, you and i probably don't have a i don't mind it i'm not like you shouldn't swear allegiance to anything but christ kind of guy i'll say the pledge i don't mind saying it it's Live in a great country. I enjoy being here. I don't want to be anywhere else. I agree. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of saying it in church. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of saying it in church. In church gatherings, like the, the but the the flag worship. in a church doesn't bother me. No. Nah. Some people don't even like the flag to be in a church. That doesn't bother me. I wouldn't choose it if I was like planning a church. I don't know that I want it at the front of the sanctuary. Yeah, but I don't mind it in the building. At caretaker,
2: excuse me, caretaker man, at Baptist Fixer, our friend from Australia, one of our first international listeners that we ever had, said, I am so lapsed in my gospel friends' episodes that they're nearly now the gospel acquaintances. Tis a long weekend so I can catch up on cereal reviews. Well, we have given you quite a few, Baptist Fixer. Uh, Pick you up some holy crap cereal today. Don't really. Don't do it. Don't do it. I really wish you had tried the... uh, the cereal
3: now this crapola isn't that the
2: crapola is pretty good yes it's decent Uh, that's actually if you've heard me pouring from a bag during the show that's what you've heard me pouring from so
3: uh
2: well we thank everybody for joining us um i don't actually know why chase hasn't come back yet um the cereal from Dre. oh you know what Dre could have been dr a we may have lost chase too Actually, if if someone was going to attack us and pick off host, I would have picked that to go in the other order. Chase first, then Nick. Yeah, it may just be me and you now. But if
3: you're trying to sabotage the show, you go after the tech guy. Well, that's true. You might want to go after Nick.
2: All right. Well, if it's just going to be me and you from now on, uh, we're going to need to find us a tech guy. Jeremiah, <laughs> give me a call this week. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Gospel Friends. Again, you can reach us. Uh, join our Facebook group, hallofdogma.com, On the Twitter at MyGospelFriends. Through email, thegospelfriends at gmail dot com. Voicemail and SpeakPipe. We gave that information earlier. I don't remember what it is, so be sure just to rewind and check it out. Uh, Emmanuel, thank you for joining us. Any parting comments today? Uh, I feel like
3: I feel, I feel like I beat up on the reform people really bad. <laughs> Because well, here's here's the thing. What, we have a lot of these funny conversations in the hall and so people in the hall know that I'm joking. But there are other listeners who have no idea that I'm joking and they're like yeah. I'm not I'm reformed and I'm offended. See and,
2: I I know you well enough to know that you're you're really reformed anyway. But
3: but yeah, but the the new listeners don't. They're like who is yeah. this angry Armenian who keeps <laughs> you know.
2: You are far from an Armenian. All right, so your parting comments are
3: I'm sorry. I, I, I feel like I should say that as you know, because I really don't want to offend uh, yeah. reformed people unless I'm face to face with them. <laughs> um, no,
2: seriously. Well, y- you can join thehallofdogma.com dot and get to uh, uh, know Emmanuel a little yeah, bit. set more. me straight, and then you can set him straight. So there's uh, plenty of reformed guys in the hall who uh,
3: who do that. Yeah. Tune in next week when you might hear David say. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma.
0: Jesus is a friend of mine Jesus is a friend of mine